Hello, and welcome to the Block Solid Podcast, where we talk about the evolution of the property market, the newest tech that enhances and revolutionizes the world of real estate as we know it, and how we, the owners, the buyers, the renters, the innovators, the investors, and the entrepreneurs can benefit from it all. I'm Yael Tamar, CEO and co-founder of SolidBlock, a pioneer startup in real estate tokenization, and I'd like to welcome my friend, Michael Flight. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Hi, Yael. Thank you very much for inviting me on. So it's Absolutely. really an honor. Yeah, thank you for coming. I'm really excited to talk to you about several subjects, specifically retail real estate, your blockchain real estate summit and Liberty Real Estate Fund. So Michael Flight is a founding principal of Concordia Realty Corporation, more recently Liberty Real Estate Fund and NetLease Property Fund and co-founder of this awesome conference called Blockchain Real Estate Summit. So Michael, you're an expert in retail real estate investment, leasing operations and redevelopment. Also, you have extensive experience in all types of real estate, including real estate technology and more recently security token offerings. So Michael, I'm super excited to talk to you about your journey from being a real estate entrepreneur to a tech entrepreneur. Can you tell me how you came to the blockchain space? Sure. I can tell you it's again, it's an honor. Solid block is pioneering in this space and you have just been out there doing the work. You're one of the credible companies that really knows what they're doing. So it's great to talk to you. But I started out in real estate in 1986, primarily in commercial real estate. I've been a real estate broker since 1986, but I've never sold a house. And so we specialize in shopping centers and also single tenant triple net lease properties. And to explain what a triple net lease property is, the tenants, it's a great way to own real estate because the tenants pay for the taxes, insurance, and the maintenance. So you just get to collect, you know, wonderful rent checks right into your bank account. Or if you tokenize your property, you might be able to even collect your rent checks and get it delivered to you in your wallet as crypto or USDC or some other stable coin. So that's, you know, kind of my background. It gets fuzzy now. So, but 2017 or 2018, I got involved with a startup country in Europe. It's called Liberland. It's not only a startup country, but it's all their government is on the blockchain. And through that, I met some guys out of Romania that were doing an ICO in real estate. And so I was advising them on how to do real estate. And one of the really great things was their white paper probably had the word awesome 400 times in it. But these guys, you know, actually raised money. I'm like, this is like really cool and interesting. So I'm like, how do I do this? And then I found out that I have to comply with the regular securities laws that I've always been complying with. And so it's like, we need to figure out a way to do this legally. So that started our adventure in tokenizing real estate and security token offerings. That is really cool. Tell me more about this conference. Where does it take place next time? What is your focus? And in general, what do you think about the space and the education in it? Sure. Well, we started the Blockchain Real Estate Conference last year. And one of the reasons why we started it was we have this tokenized net lease property offering called Liberty Real Estate Fund. We didn't have the type of buy-in that we would normally have with our uh, syndicated offerings that were paper shares. 
And I was finding out that the crypto people that were investing in crypto and might be logical investors for real estate, because I always told them, why don't you take something off the table and invest in something stable? And now they're learning about that, you know, that crypto can drop pretty good too. But, you know, we had a, a hard time convincing them and we had an even harder time convincing real estate investors because I'm sure you have found out through years of working in real estate that real estate isn't the most technology forward business. So right. when I started out, I was working for a syndicator in the 1980s and they were using punch cards, you know, for their computer programming and things like that. So you only recently have you seen a lot of like technology coming into real estate. But I think the major technology that's going to open up you know, real estate investment and open up access for people to store their wealth is security token offerings and tokenized real estate. So we started the Blockchain Real Estate Summit, and it's going to be held in Austin, Texas again in September 23rd and 24th. But we started that for education. Because number one, there needed to be more sponsors involved with issuing assets onto the chain so that then investors could find those type of things. And the sponsors really needed a lot of investment as to how do you do this legally? There's people out there that are doing it incorrectly. There's people out there that are not using the best technology. And there's people out there that are doing it that they could get in real trouble. So, And we wanted to make it as simple as possible for them too. So we put together this conference and said, we're going to start out with the boring stuff, attorneys and accountants. And then we worked our way through how do you, you know, create the deals? How do you get your partners? And then eventually went through the tokenization process. And then we had some of the major ATSs and exchanges, security token people, and then, you know, broker dealers to explain how these things can trade and we get in a more active and liquid market. So wow. all of the supply chain of the STO. I love yeah, it. Yeah. So why do you think the sponsors are reluctant to implement new technologies in general and specifically anything that helps them, you know, get more liquidity or streamline their transactions. Like it sounds like a no-brainer. Well, the big thing is is if they're successful, if you and I even talk about how it's like I've got an iPhone 5 and I just bought the upgraded iPhone, but I held off on doing it because I would have to go through all this stuff to convert it over there. And so it's like a giant hassle. So if you're successful and you've got your systems in place, you got your systems and processes, it's like, do you really want to go through this? I've also heard you know, some successful syndicators that, you know, have hundreds of millions of dollars assets under management. And they said, do I really want to do this? And do I really want my investors to have a bad experience? So right. how do I know that they're going to be able to get into this? How do they know that they're going to be able to get out of this? I'd like to see a little bit more people doing it and show that the number one, there's a market, but number two, show that it's not some flash in the pan technology like a Betamax versus a VHS. Wow. I think you really hit the nail over there. They don't want to be first. They don't want to give their existing users bad user experience, right? It's kind of like this uh, chasm that we have to bridge from the early technology that's amazing into kind of the mass adoption, right? And I think we're right there right in that bridge. And we are the ones bridging. 
So. Right. Well, and I'll say for solid block, I mean, the other thing that we've talked to probably most of the major tokenization platforms out there, they don't get it. They think that, well, you know, all these people are going to sign up and we can just drop it in a MetaMask wallet. They'll trade it like crypto. It's like, no, you don't understand. It's like these people are used to fidelity and Vanguard. You know, the other thing is that a lot of technology people don't understand, and we had it with tokenization platform. It's like probably 40 to 60% of our investors and our existing syndications come in through a self-directed IRA. If you don't have some way to figure out how to custody that and how to like, you know, fix that solution. So there was just a bunch of things here that the technology is fantastic. The technology is great. Or- it's like, can we do this? It's like, well, one of the things was that, you know, they're like, oh, we could do this with the technology. I'm like, you could do that with the technology, but it's technically money laundering and I'm not going to do it with the technology. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. This this understanding that you have specifically as well on what this system needs in order to function in the real world, right? Not the theoretical world of what can we do with a token? Because we know we can brainstorm for hours of what blockchain can do. But the blockchain is basically the infrastructure. And on top of it, you need to build a product and a business. And I'm happy you brought up the whole wallet situation because it is absolutely true that while regulation allows issuers to custody their tokens, they have no idea what that means. They're worried that their tokens will disappear. They may not understand that you can reissue the token in the centralized system. It's not like cryptocurrency or oh, a stable- You need to repeat that because this is what I go through all the time because uh-huh. people think it's crypto and they yeah. say, oh, if I forget my key or if somebody <laughs> somebody can steal it. So please repeat what you just said because you know it more than I do. Absolutely. So most platforms like SolidBlock are centralized platforms, um, centralized finance. And when we help you issue a token, it's basically like you issuing securities in a PDF format and emailing that to somebody, if they lose the PDF, it doesn't mean that they lost the security, right? Because you have the power to always reissue upon, of course, verifying their identity, right? So that is, on the one hand, as a positive, right, for regulators and for for anybody that's dealing with real estate is that you're not going to lose it, right? On the other hand, there's still a matter of trust, right? We have to, there are drawbacks, you know, there are positives, negatives for everybody, right? So we need to still, and we're working on that every day with SolidBlock, is how do we provide the most amount of trust, which blockchain really can bring forward so that the investors can trust the issuer that yes, they will reissue, that yes, they will pay dividends, that yes, they will distribute income when it comes. And we actually have solutions for that. Right. Well, and then you got into like some of the things because we as syndicators and as sponsors and as issuers should Mm -hmm. be legally like checking KYC, which is know your customer. You should be doing anti-money laundering checks, but especially most of the offerings are going to be 506C or 506B. I think it makes more sense. And this is the in the United States, of course. So I Apologize. I know you've got an international, you know, audience too. But in the US, most of the time you need to be what's called an accredited investor. So you need a minimum net worth or a minimum salary level. Uh, So you've got to do all those checks anyway. So I go back and say, 
this is probably not going to be the decentralized, just trading things and the government's not being able to track you because by necessity, they are securities and they are regulated, but it's a much better system than the paper system. And the reason why I like to talk about that is because if you invest in one of our typical paper syndications, you're in it for a minimum of three years, but more than likely five years. I've got one that's going on 32 years right now. And I always tell the story of my father who invested in a hotel deal and then, you know, unfortunately passed away in 1986. And my mother only got out of that hotel deal in 2020 because of COVID. And then she ended up having phantom income. We won't even go into that, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, once you're in those, it's very difficult to get out of them. And so with tokens, you not only have the option to potentially trade them, and in the US, there's a one-year lockup period, and then they could trade to accredited or non-accredited investors. And I want to circle back to that because I think it's a huge thing. But the other thing is you could potentially, when we get a better built out DeFi system, you could possibly deposit your tokens in and borrow against the tokens. So you get margin leverage. So you don't even have to sell your tokens. You can just keep getting your cash flow and your income and your tax benefits. Plus, you can go out and buy more things that you want. Or if somebody's having a wedding, you can pay for the wedding or something like that. And then there's just like, you can trade them on an ATS. You could have a broker dealer sell them. Or the like thing that I really love is if you've got a friend, you could just trade peer to peer. So that's like something that is really difficult to do with paper shares. And I also stress the fact because a lot of real estate investors are really concerned about generational wealth and wealth transfer. So with tokens, you can you know, divide up your shares the way you want and they can go to the people you want or you can put it in a charitable remainder trust or all kinds of different things. So that's why I'm really, really excited about what this is going to do for investing. I'm also very excited about everything you just said, Michael, because, you know, that's it just sounds like a perfect advertisement for our industry. And so true. Just one comment, you know, you mentioned DeFi and you mentioned being able to trade on various exchanges. So another big issue that I feel platforms are having today is that they're operating in silos, even with KYC ML, for example, you know, it's something that you're doing on your platform. And now what happens if you transfer the token out, right? And or if you want to trade with a friend, do they need to go to, to the same platform and get registered, right? And go through all the KYC ML accreditation and stuff like that. So there is actually new tech coming out. And several companies, including ours, are using now NFTs that you would put in the same wallet to specify that somebody has undergone KYCML accreditation. So their innovation is happening all the time. And I'm very excited about how, you know, the NFT industry that has, you know, of course, grown out of proportion, but is slowing down now as any new kind of trading instrument would do has given rise to really important, you know, tech development. Yeah, well, I want to circle back to what you just said, because the siloing thing, because I, you know, got involved with some platforms early on. And, you know, we were looking at the dashboard where you could list on this and you could list there. And then all of a sudden it all got shrunken back in. 
And I said, you know, we signed up for the internet and you're giving us AOL. So that's a big problem. And I talked, there's a lot of other platforms out there. And I think people need to understand this, that they can tokenize. And I don't want to say it's easy to tokenize because I can't write a smart contract, but there's a lot of people out there that can, you know, tokenize real estate. But can those tokens trade anywhere? And can those tokens trade legally? And I speak at a lot of conferences, especially, you know, blockchain conferences. And there's a lot of companies out there that say, well, we're just going to grow to be the biggest. So why would they want to go anywhere else? I'm like, well, no, that's not the whole point of it. The entire point of it is, is that you're giving the investor the ability to like trade and trade in more liquid markets. So if they're stuck on your platform, I don't see what the point of even using blockchain is. I'll just go to a crowdfunding platform. Absolutely. Exactly the same thing. But the other, you know, key thing is for sponsors, they can like get exposed to a much wider audience if they can list their projects on there because retail investors are going to see that. And I was just talking to a gentleman that is probably one of the best marketers in the world and he's in real estate. You know, he's a giant sales guy too. And uh, I was talking to him and he's hesitant to do this, but I said, you could have your coins trading or your tokens trading all over the world. And you've got 24 seven marketing for your stuff because your stuff is out there showing its cash flow, showing that it's generating money. And it's like, I want to do that. I want to do the next one. I want to do the next one. So that like set off a light bulb. And then Mm -hmm. we should probably circle back because I also explained to a number of people, you know, because I'm in, you know, doing events and speaking at events in our event, not only can you use the NFT to create community with your investors, and it's a really good thing, but if you've got, and a lot of syndicators use podcasts, they use events and they use different things to like create community. So if you can create tickets with your NFTs and give extra benefits to it, that's another thing. And then speaking of community, I'm sorry, I'm monopolizing the conversation, but I get excited about this. (laughs) I'm just asking questions. (laughs) One of the the really great things that I've talked to municipalities and developers about is a lot of times you have real trouble getting, you know, something developed just because people don't want, you know, development right around them and everything. So if you can use a set amount of community tokens to get buy-in from the community investing in the project, it's another way to get community buy-in and to do it. And then the other thing, we're concerned in the United States and there's a lot of people concerned, you know, throughout the world. It's like a lot of people are turning we're turning into renters. And so how do you get the benefits of renting, but also owning? So if you create a community token for your larger apartment building, you say, not only can you be paying rent to yourself, if you own some of these, we're going to release these to the residents and they're going to be this special you know, tokens for the residents. You can pay yourself as you're sleeping in your house. Absolutely. It's a totally new model, right? Or I guess not a totally new model. It's kind of like a new take on a few existing poorly working models, right? Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like some of these models are out there, but they're really clunky to use because, you know, the renter, you know, if they've got this paper certificate and all the rest of it, but if the token follows them, you know, the renter might be there for a year, might be there for two years, but they might end up, you know, living in Israel or Costa Rica or something. They get their cash flow wherever they were, wherever they are in the world. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm circling back to something we said a few questions earlier when you mentioned custody. And I found that this is one of the very important features for larger institutional or asset manager type sponsors is that they don't want to, you know, or their users, especially when you talk about syndicators, they already have hundreds or thousands of investors who don't work with a MetaMask and other Coinbase and other wallets, right? So we realized that early on, we created a custodial wallet that is super seamless. You People go in and investors go in and it's just like a regular crowdfunding platform that is in the back and supported with tokens. And then we have been waiting patiently for the regulation to catch up and for actually getting institutional custodians for security tokens. So thankfully, there are one or two out there right now that are securely and securely doing that in a licensed manner. Right? So this is when it comes to keeping keys of the investors and of their wallets, right? We need to have institutional custodians. So now we have a check over there. Let's go further because I started my career in you know institutional real estate and we were partnering with major institutions. Mm-hmm. And so if they're some of these larger managers, they're you know managing pension fund money, they're managing you know insurance company money. And so a lot of times they can't hold it directly and they don't want you holding it directly. So that's been another thing that, you know, we've been working with. And as you said, there's some larger institutions that have come in. There's some larger banks that are custody banks and are used to doing this. And so that's been a hindrance to, you know, much larger funds coming in, but they're coming in now. Because they can see, oh, you know, this is a bank that I've been, a trust company that I've been working with forever. And I'm familiar with them. They got a name brand and, you know, they're, they're not going to run off with the money versus I'm not knocking any country, but <laughs> versus, you know, some country in the middle of South America. And it's like, yeah, we've got, you know, full custody here. Or I was talking yeah. to a guy that was trying to sell me a stable coin and it's like, oh, yeah, we've got a bank in St. Kitts. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Absolutely. Yeah. Not knocking St. Kitts. It's just that, you know, the institutions need a name brand. Yeah, absolutely. They absolutely do. And then you mentioned IRAs, which is a huge, huge thing, right? You need to have, you know, also a custodian that will work with you and they have to work with you through a broker dealer, I believe. So we actually do have a setup, a solid block through a partner that can accept self-directed IRAs into an investment, right? So it seems like, you know, all the pieces are here, but we still haven't overcome the hurdle of, you know, we don't want to be first, right? Right. So I would like for you and I to come up with a way to get more sponsors kind of jump with us and through the, you know, get through the bridge into the mass adoption where we have everything, you know, in order, We have security, we have bank custody, a way to get investments with IRAs, a way for investors to sign up through a seamless process with a wallet and so on, and receive or transfer their funds in fiat and crypto, receive dividends seamlessly. Yeah, I want to hit again on the IRA custodian because there's a lot of self-directed IRA custodians, but there has to be a check in place where you as the beneficiary of the IRA cannot mm-hmm. trade directly because if mm-hmm. you can trade directly, it's going to screw up your whole IRA. So you need to make sure that you've got somebody that knows how to do crypto custody and yep. also security token custody. 
So Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a big one. That's why I mentioned you need to have some sort of a setup in the world. Right. right? No, that's why I'm like all about education because a lot of people yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to run into this. I just don't want people to like end up I paying 50% of their hard earned money that they've got in this. And then they end up paying 50% of it back in taxes. I know. And let's, so let's, let's write an article. Let's go write an article about how you can invest your IRAs into security tokens. I think that could be cool. I have one more issue that seems to be a critical issue for many syndicators or sponsors, and that's, you know, will my investors get tax depreciation? How am I going to be able to issue them a K-1? When this goes on an exchange, who issues the K-1? Like, do I need a transfer agent? You know, all of these crazy questions that people are asking, which is great because they, they're getting into details. now. Right. So I'm going to say that it's much better. I've just told a lot of people this because I get a lot of people asking about, I've got a four unit building and I want to tokenize it. And I say, I would just wait for a larger property because some of the issues are going to need to be figured out on the larger properties. And K1s are super huge. So that again, there's a lot of tokenization platforms out there and they haven't even thought about it. Or in U.S. real estate, there's issues with non-U.S. real estate investors and the thing where they really get hammered on withholding. So how do you address those things too? But with the K1 especially, we've been working with some people that are doing crypto you know, taxation programs and things like that. So it can track when these trades and they can get the K-1s issued. But that was something that we ended up spending a lot of money on with our accountants to figure out how does this work? How does it do it? When is a K-1 triggered? Our understanding is every time it trades, it it triggers a K-1. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then the most confusing part about this is that the once your investor trades on an exchange, on an ETS, let's say, you no longer... The token that you issued as a sponsor is going to somebody who is not your client anymore. It's now the client of an ATF, right? So this is slightly confusing. Why? Because anybody who didn't have a public lease or you know, didn't go public with a real estate, right? So this is a new territory. Maybe that's why it's so terrifying, right? To people that it looks like it's a very big deal, right? And the reality is a plain vanilla. Reg D five will succeed with a special topping, right? Right, and you got into it earlier. It's like, is there interoperability with the tokens? Because yeah. some people are doing tokens on certain blockchains that don't have interoperability with some of the major ATSs that are gearing up to do, you know, real estate tax things. So that's another thing. It's like, how do you work with that? I was laughed at because in like 2019, I said, well what if the blockchain goes out of business and the technology people were laughing at me and I said, how could it possibly be, go out of business? I'm like, well, let's look at the fact that Bitcoin's only been around since 2009. So how could you possibly say they can't go out of business? So, right. and if that happens, is the code for your smart contract compatible and is it open source and all the rest of these things that a lot of people didn't even think to ask. All right. Absolutely. So, what we got to here is a point where we have a lot of questions, most of the answers, 
right? right. And are looking for brave souls. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're looking basically no, for... I, I don't think it's brave souls anymore. Yeah. I, I think that technology companies like SolidBlock and other technology companies out there, because you're doing you know components of this, and then there's other companies out there doing KYC, AML, and there's other companies out there doing custody. And all these things are coming together. And so it's an actual industry or as the tech people like to say, ecosystem. I think one of the things that was missing in the past when we started out was there wasn't anybody that had real estate specific knowledge. And now there's a lot of that coming in. And I will say that, you know, in working, you know, with Solid Block, they had the people that, you know, knew the most about actual real estate plus the technology. Wow. Thank you, Michael. That's a lot coming from you. You know, you're the real estate educator for me. So I guess <laughs> we're learning from each other. And I do watch your videos and your speeches. <laughs> so tell me a little about your volunteer work. I read quite a few interesting projects that you have been a part of, Chicago Hope Homes, Freedom of Life. Tell me more about that. Oh, well, it's kind of a mixed bag, but one of my mentors who I've known since I've gotten out of college and probably... I was somewhere in my late 30s, early 40s, and he gave me a book called Halftime by Bob Buford, and it's turning your life from success into significance. And so I'm like, and I had always been, you know, on boards and and a few things like that, but I'm like, I really want to take my specific skills because I had been on boards before, but you're just kind of sitting there. And some of it's like, I'm on the board to like meet people and stuff, which is great. But how do I take my skills? And so the skills that I'm in the, the ministries and the charities that I'm working with now actually can use my skills. So like Chicago Hope Homes, they flip houses and they take the money from flipping the houses, the profits, and use it towards private you know, Christian academy that's a high school in Chicago. Every student that they have in the school is eligible for the school lunch program. So these are people that are really poor. And so, you know, we've helped them out. We've also helped Sunshine Gospel Ministries out. And they were, you know, put together a program to like buy vacant houses that were drug infested and all the rest of it and renew the neighborhood. Plus, we also helped them out. They put together a for-profit coffee shop right on the corner. So Mm -hmm. it was a corner and I'm used to going into some, you know, dicey neighborhoods. But, you know, when I was on this corner before the coffee shop, you know, I was like, you know, a little bit concerned and, you know, like, can you guys let me in faster? But as soon as they opened up the coffee shop, that entire neighborhood changed. It's very close to the University of Chicago. So they were pulling in people from the University of Chicago. It really diversified the neighborhood because the neighborhood was poor and African-American and it brought uh, middle class people in and upper middle class and professors into the neighborhood to just hang out. That's the type of thing. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I go back to the community tokens with apartments and I don't have the creativity that other people are going to come up with to say, Mm -hmm. how can we put an NFT into a utility token and all the rest of this and Mm -hmm. just really, and my also thing is, is that the Crypto market is probably less than a trillion. Gold is 26 trillion. The real estate market is $280 trillion worldwide. And there's a lot of people out there that since the 1990s have come out of abject poverty into the middle class. Mm -hmm. And where are they going to get a store of value? So they can 
And if you can tokenize their properties and get them clear title to their properties, they can use those as assets to then start businesses, create more things. And, you know, human flourishing is really what I'm interested in. Oh, I love that vision. I totally agree that we need to have more of kind of these inspiring projects that combine securities, which, you know, is the most common instrument used for investment with these community tokens, which also brings me to affordable housing projects and, you know, any sort of project that gives opportunities for people to level the playing field and access assets or access fractions of assets, which then they can leverage, as you said, through a DeFi ecosystem, borrow against, open a business, you know, and do this securely without losing their asset in the process because it's stored securely with a qualified custodian and also with loans, right? They're backed by actual assets and that are fairly stable as opposed to crypto assets that are volatile that led to the recent demise of a lot of the, you know, CeFi platforms like Celsius, for example, right? So I think with security tokens backed by assets that are real world, we overcome a lot of these problems. Right. And a lot of real estate investors or real estate people, they don't understand when you say blockchain and they say that's the scary thing. And I always explain blockchain is just like the internet was instantaneous, you know, communications, you know, across the world, and it just made it really cheap. Blockchain is instantaneous value transfer, instantaneous asset transfer, or instantaneous, you know, money transfer. So that's, it's just like the financial rails of the future. And then they still don't understand. They're like, oh, what blockchain is the scary word. And I'm like, well, if you're in real estate and you buy something, you buy the title and it has the chain of title. So the blockchain is just putting the chain of title, something public where everybody can see it. And it's not locked in the basement of some county recorder's office. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, and so then, you know, real estate people start getting their heads around what this can do for them and, you know, the future. Oh, absolutely. I love that the vision of making things more transparent and public and blockchain certainly does that. And I love the quote that you, you know, compared the internet to the blockchain. A friend of mine, Eyal Herzog, who started one of the people who started Bancor, very successful exchange. He had a very good quote that was similar, similarly insightful, I guess. Well, the internet is a way to carry information through space. The blockchain is the way to carry information through time. Wow, that is fantastic. So date stamping information. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes you want to see, let's say, a website, what a website looked like five years ago, 10 years ago. They actually have a website called Time Machine for that. Then you can go, but it usually just shows you the... Or the Wayback Machine. Yeah. The Wayback Machine. Yeah. Wayback Machine. That's the one. So it's kind of like that, but it's indexing everything. So, I mean, we're both huge blockchain fans. Tell me one last thing is where is real estate headed? Where is blockchain headed, let's say, in the next five years? Well, immediately in the United States, I think we're going to be in for some rough sledding. There's a lot of inflation. And so that's going to be a good reason to invest in real estate because real estate has always been a hedge against inflation. And we're probably looking at a recession. And so you just have to be careful where you're investing. So you need to like make sure you've still got growth markets. 
And also, if you are investing with somebody else, I mean, you're a limited partner, make sure that sponsor has some experience going through, you know, a few ups and downs. Cause I've been through probably, if you count COVID, five downturns now. And history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes a lot. So there's a lot of the same things. And so you just would want somebody that, you know, can weather that storm and has the resources and the connections and stuff to do that. So that's where I see real estate going. I see real estate actually expanding because if you can create access for more people in the real estate, it's just going to get better and better because people are, are going to want it and they're going to see because you can't get the type of cash flow that you can with real estate. You can't get the type of tax benefits, but even if you're not getting the tax benefits, you can't, it's a thousands of years. It's the world's most proven asset class. Yeah. And the stock market guys like to say that it's an alternative asset, but I like to say, aside from cattle, it's probably the original asset. The most original asset. You know, I like to tell a story about the first real estate transaction, which also was, had valuation and everything, all the attributes of it, where I think Abram was purchasing a cave to bury his wife or late oh, yes, wife yes, there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, from some sort of a tribe. And then not only that, they showed how transactions were recorded, right? Right. And well, he insisted on buying the property because he didn't want to rent it. Exactly. Yeah, only geeks like us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Either that or, you know, we were into reading the Bible. <laughs> okay, amazing. Well, Michael, any other uh, final words of wisdom? And also, of course, tell us listeners can find you and your conference. Sure. Well, if they're looking for more on blockchain real estate, we have a free report at libertyfund.io. And so they can just click the report button and they'll get you know a nice glossy little thing that explains a lot about net lease properties, but also about how these things can legally trade and some of the things involved with it. And if they want to learn more about this, and especially if you're a sponsor or an investor or somebody that's interested in real estate specific blockchain, you can go to the Blockchain Real Estate Summit in Austin, Texas on September 23rd and 24th. The website is blockchainrealestatesummit.com. And Austin is a fantastic place to go, not only for because it's great in Texas has a ton of real estate investors, but you can't beat the nightlife there. It's just a fun city. And our conference is right directly on the University of Austin at Texas. That is really exciting. I'm really looking forward to that, Michael. I'll see you. Um, it, it's been a while since I saw you in person, I think in Dubai, right? So oh, we got you know our- what? We saw each other down in Florida earlier this year, too. Oh, right. We at, did. The Invenium. Yeah. At the Invenium conference. That was a really good conference. Was, right. Know, our friends in Invenium, another great application of data, ways to actually, as I mentioned, to insert more trust right, for investors into the system, the documents that they see, validate and extract data straight from the source. All right. So, Michael, thank you so much for coming in. Really exciting. We should do this again because I think we only covered like one hundredth of what we could. So um, we'll do well, it again. I really enjoyed it because I do a lot of podcasts. And there's a lot of people, you know, that will ask me, you know, how to like sell a house again and stuff. I'm like, I don't know how to sell that. So it was fun to like, you know, actually talk to somebody and geek out on you know some of the specific issues that needed to be addressed are getting addressed and have been addressed especially at solid block and then some of the things that you know what we can do in the future awesomeness 
So, yeah, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or by visiting our website at alblog.co slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review and spread the word and check out Michael's conference, the Blockchain Real Estate Summit. Have an awesome evening.